Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. Hey, Rainmakers. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Jasmine Williams from Road to Real Estate Investing. And she just gives so much value about how she differentiated herself in a saturated market to how she built a seven-figure real estate portfolio. I got so much value and information uh, just from interviewing her. So I know you guys are going to uh, really enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Six Figure Side Hustle podcast, hosted by me, Sabrina Brooks, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of a highly successful public adjusting firm. I'm obsessed with reaching the two comma club just like you are. This is your all access pass inside the minds of high income earners, expert side hustlers and entrepreneurs who have successfully launched, scaled or diversified their businesses. We're sharing all kinds of business, marketing and mindset insight. And trust me, our conversations are full of actionable tips that will leave you feeling clear on what to do next and motivated to take action. If you were born with an entrepreneurial spirit, are obsessed with business and marketing, and want nothing more than to create time and financial freedom for yourself and your family, this is the show for you. Let's dive in. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Okay, well, let's jump into it because I know you have a really interesting story. Um, Why don't you tell me how you got started on your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, my goodness. Dating me for some years. So I started out um, as a real estate agent um, when I started my entrepreneurial journey. Um, started as a real estate agent, wanted to learn, wanted the freedom of having a schedule that basically I was allowed to, uh, you know, be home with my son, be home with my kids, that thing. And thought that, you know, real estate or being a realtor was going to like somehow magically just clients were going to fall into my lap. And (laughs) um, it definitely does not happen that way. So, you know, this was even before social media. So it was before like, you know, we saw a lot of, I think Facebook had just like started. And so it was just like, oh yeah, I can sell these houses and <laughs> talk on a cell phone and, you know, I mean, like all of the things. And it's just like, um, no. <laughs> you need to have some sort of, uh, you know, client generation strategy, um, all the things. So for a long time, um, to be completely transparent, I struggled, right? So I was having deals and kind of putting together some things, but it wasn't consistent. Um, and it was my only source of income. So I dealt with a lot of, um, a lot of like, I guess, stress, depression, um, all the things because I wasn't, I thought that, you know, I would be able to sustain my family um, with just real estate sales. And like I said, it, it wasn't that easy. 
So um, I'm a single mom of two. Um, their father was killed years ago. And so I was like on my own, on my own, <laughs> trying to figure this out. And so um, maybe about five years ago, I decided to just become financially literate, right? Because even though I owned my own business as being a realtor, I wasn't necessarily financially literate. I was more of like, you know, just check the check as the commission checks are coming in. I was paying bills and, and not really managing my money properly. Um, not, you know, just not doing the right things. I was a homeowner and I, I am a homeowner, but um, I just still wasn't using my money to leverage. It was just like, as the commission checks are coming in, I was just like paying all the bills and then back to zero within days, right? And so um, a couple, I have a lot of friends that invest in real estate and they're just like, why aren't you doing this? You're advising people, you know, over the years, um, I have advised so many of how to invest in real estate. And I was, you know, it's like, why aren't you doing this for yourself? You're finding these deals, you know, that type of thing. And so what I decided was, okay, I'm going to buckle down and save my first down payment and get into real estate investing. And I bought my first rental property um, and I bought it in West Philadelphia for $12,000. And it was like, okay, this is real, <laughs> right? Um, it needed some work. So I I was able to take out, I, I wound up taking out a hard money loan to get the uh, renovations done, got the renovations done, was able to get a tenant and then I was like, oh, this rental check is nice, right? And so once, <laughs> once that got going, it was like, okay, let me go ahead and keep doing this. So now, you know, I I started, like I said, with just that $12,000 property, that same $12,000 property, um, just about five, um, about, I guess now about three years later, um, just uh, uh, appraised for $140,000. Wow. And on top of that, um, I've built a multi-million dollar um, portfolio of real estate property that is in trust for my children. So it's been a journey. We can get into what those things look like and, you know, how how I'm funding or, you know, whatever questions that your audience may have. But that's pretty the the broad strokes of wow. the story. <laughs> yes, that definitely seems like an amazing story. And I do want to get into that because I know my audience really likes to know kind of step by step, like how can they follow in these foots in your footsteps, your six figure real estate footsteps? Sure. And you said, oh, you have a seven figure portfolio, um, which is definitely remarkable. Um, do you feel like being a realtor helped you in investing or would you not, it does help you? I get that question a lot, <laughs> right? A lot of times people want to know like, okay, do I need to become a realtor in order to invest in real right. estate? And the question, the answer is no, right? I don't believe that you should become a real estate agent unless you have a passion for sales because that is what real estate is. I know we glorify it and we make it look like you know, it's something that, you know, you're just selling these houses and things like that, but it's sales. You have to have leads. You have to uh, filter those leads. You have to qualify those leads, all of the things. So if you are wanting to do that and, and really have a passion for helping people, because what I have seen and what where my business has evolved from is that I started with, okay, all my family members are going to buy houses from me. And of course, 
nobody was qualified, right? <laughs> and so when I'm thinking about my colleagues, um, about the, the people that were in my circle, nobody was really there. So what I had to do, Sabrina, was learn how to fix credit because people had longstanding jobs, but they didn't necessarily have the credit score. So I started a credit repair business. It actually did not start as a business um, initially, it started as just, okay, I know how to do this. Let me go ahead and get this done for family members and friends. Then it evolved into another six-figure hustle, uh, which was fixing credit um, to go ahead and get folks into um, into homes quicker. So I was able to really be able to figure out like, okay, now I can get people into houses because I know how to fix their credit and I became really good at it. So. I don't recommend as a, as a real estate investor um, that you go that route unless you want to, um, you know, help people, you know, a lot because, <laughs> you know, uh, being a realtor is, <laughs> is not just, you know, it's not just I'm going to open these doors. Right. Like you and have to have compassion for in. people. Yeah, with their, right. With you have to have compassion for people. You have to. Credentials mm-hmm. and pre-approvals. But on the other side of this, Sabrina, the other side is that the connections and the network that you build as a realtor can be beneficial to you as an investor. Those first couple, I guess, first three properties that I purchased were from other realtors that were colleagues. So had I not been a realtor, I would have not maybe known them to be able to connect and then tell them what I was doing, you know, like all of those things. Um, but other than that, you know, my actual real estate, like my experience of being a realtor did not necessarily direct, directly help me invest okay. in. I don't advise for someone who's not a realtor. Oh, I was going to say, I think that that is something important for people to understand is you don't necessarily have to become a real, real estate agent to be able to invest in, um, you know, in real estate and that it is a job. Yeah. And, you know, there's, especially if you're like, right, right. And especially if you're, you know, getting some humble beginnings and starting with a shoestring budget, you know, becoming a realtor is not cheap. <laughs> you know what I mean? The the fees, the licenses, the schools, the business setup, all of the things to set you up to for success, it can cost. And I mean, it doesn't cost a ton, but it, it still has you know, some, some um, costs involved. So with that, you know, if I had to do it over again, I probably would still be a realtor just because of the rewarding, um, you know, the rewards that I've gotten of being able to help people. But that was outside of me being an investor. The only thing that I think about that I would have done differently is invest in real estate a lot earlier <laughs> so, or a lot sooner. But it it doesn't, I don't think the two really... You know, I, I think that someone probably could argue with me that it, you know, it it could have helped me and put me in a better position, but okay. I don't know that and it that's directly. Interesting. Hit. I really. So yeah, I um I for sure yeah, for sure with you know being a, a, a an agent, it's not mandatory, but it's 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 nice. And so you said that when you were first starting as a realtor your circle of influence basically didn't have the credit to qualify and you started a credit business to help the people to qualify. I think that is really interesting and really uh, ingenious. (laughs) 
um, where you're kind of making mm-hmm. the market for yourself. Like, oh, well, you're not qualified. Let me help you to qualify. Um, do you still do credit repair? I do. I do. So what I've done is have it, have, have it evolve, right? Because I saw a need in our um, our communities, especially Black and brown people, we want to purchase homes, but we don't have the financial literacy. So I started a wealthy women club that basically incorporates um, business, I'm sorry, um, personal credit repair into the, the mix of things, but also financial literacy. So, I, you know, one of the studies that I've done is that, you know, I think it's less than 40% of women don't maintain a, a household budget um, and, you know, they don't know how to budget. So in our community, we go ahead and facilitate how to start a budget, get a budget going. If you want to purchase a house, these are the steps, but the steps be before the steps. You know, the steps start at, oh, you have to get pre-approved. You have to um, go ahead and, um, you know, contact the realtor, connect with a mortgage officer, those types of things. But what are the steps before that, Right. How much do you need to save, you know, for your um, purchase of your home? What does it look like when you are, don't necessarily have um, the credit to to do that? Let's get that in order. What if you don't have that savings together? So it's like the prerequisite (laughs) to the purchase. And so that's what our program is. And it's transitioned the credit repair business into that because even with credit repair, what I was finding is that I was helping people get their credit together, get all the way to to the end and then they didn't have savings to purchase. So I'm like, there's something missing. Financial literacy is, is a real thing and it's a deficit in our communities. And because of that, I'm like, you know what, in order for me to do this, for it to make sense, I need to go ahead and just do a holistic thing. So, you know, the credit repair, you know, the business is, is still there and, but it's, it's for women that are, truly like it's not just credit repair where I'm just getting stuff off. Like we're working together. We meet monthly um, to go ahead and really drill down on the needs so that you can go ahead and purchase a home. I only work with women that want to purchase their first home um, or invest in their first rental property. So I'm not just, I don't just take clients that like maybe want to fix their credit to purchase a business or, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's literally just for that. And it honestly filters clients into my real estate business. And that's just the way that I set it up. And it, you know, when you become niche down to who you serve, it becomes a lot simpler. So then it, the, the message and the offer is there and it's simple. Yeah. So when, so how I basically, how it went down to start was that I wanted to be able to help women holistically go ahead and be able to purchase a home. What I was finding was that Everybody wanted to purchase a home and they knew the steps, right? So you knew that you need to get that pre-approval. You knew that you need, but what happens before that? How do you even get to the point that you are pre-approved? You start searching for grants and things like that. So the Wealthy Women's Circle is for women that are looking to go ahead and either invest in their first property or purchase their first home. And I help them through their credit challenges and we, as a group, we go through how to budget properly, how to set up our finances, how to put together an emergency fund. It's, you know, I think it's a four out of 10 women don't have an emergency fund. 
And so it's just like, okay, we have to set this up because what happens is that we get we get good with our savings, right? So I'm not sure if you've ever been through this, but I've been through this personally. You get together, like maybe like you just start saving and you're saving like religiously and you maybe get five, $6,000 going and then life happens and you're hit with an emergency. You're hit with that emergency. And then from that emergency, what happens is that you're like, oh my goodness, I had to deplete my savings. Forget it. I'm going to stop saving. So what I'm trying to do or what I have been doing is getting women to save an emergency fund first. Once they save that emergency fund, then they are able to kind of go ahead and save for that first home. We put together a savings plan. We go ahead and um, we put together a plan for them to get some side hustles because a lot of people are overextended in their household income. And the thing is, is that it's not just um, it's not just because we're like overspending, like we're going to Target and going crazy. It's just every day. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really empowering um, in the group is that I encourage them to assert themselves at work. So a lot of times women are have been in jobs five, six, seven, ten years and never ask for a raise, you know, never ask for a raise outside of the annual raise. Right. And so I'm like, well, do you think in the last six months you have generated additional dollars for the company that you work for? And, and I mean, you know how we are as women, we just, we listed, we're like, yep, I did this. I stayed late. I did a, da, I bought a new client. Da, like all the things I'm like, okay, start keeping a little tally, keep a little journal in your phone and then go to your supervisor for a raise. And so what happens is that they're like, okay, I don't know. I'm like, here's the thing. We're walking into a recession. There is a, a shortage of good employees. These employers are not trying to hire anyone else. If they can give you an extra dollar to an hour just to keep you happy, they're going to do it as long as you're doing a good job, right? And so you have to know those statistics in order to be able to say, you know what? I need to be paid what I'm worth. So young lady went in, she went in and her job was like, well, we don't know. She went online, applied for the same exact job at a different hospital. She's doing the same exact thing, got $20,000 more a year. And that's just based on her asserting herself and just having the, um, I guess, the the courage to go ahead and say, you know what? I want to get to my goal. I need to pay what I'm worth. And because of that, I'm going to go ahead and do this. I need you to either pay me or we're going to have to part ways. And there's so many, like, you know, so many polite ways you can do that, but don't ever get comfortable that you're undervaluing yourself. And that's one of the things that we talk about in the group. So that financial literacy really has, you know, it, it, it's, it went beyond just credit repair. Cause a lot of us, you know, a lot of women um, may have some stuff that they need to be on their credit, but even when the credit got fixed, they didn't have the savings to purchase a home or a budget to even think about the savings. So I said, I have to revamp this. And so, you know, we only serve women that are looking to purchase their first home or investment property. Um, We only service women that, you know, are really wanting to work hand in hand with myself and my team, not say, okay, they're going to get all the things off my credit report because that's not going to get you to your goal, right? It's a team, it's a team thing. And of course my team does their part, but we need you to do yours, Where whether it be putting together the emergency fund, savings fund, 
Um, we help you um, create side side hustles. So you're going to come and talk to our um, community next week about side hustles and about how, you know, how they can make money with um, an insurance adjustment. So all those things, you know, we I have people that uh, this one lady, she saved $6,000 doing surveys every day. She would devote like two to three hours a day after work to do surveys. Um, I, I have another woman who um, tutors um, kids in China how to speak English and they pay her like $30 an hour. And it's amazing, right? It's like when our, you know, the resources just come into the community, I provide a lot. I do a lot of research how to create extra forms of income. Um, and I just, you know, it's one of those things that it's become a passion. And so that's why I say I would never not do real estate again, because I probably wouldn't have went down this path, um, you know, as far as being a realtor, because the passion is there for me to be able to help these women get to the point that they are financially free. That is really amazing. I had no idea all this was going on in the background of your realtor career. Um, And yes, so much of that information is so needed where you're not just like, okay, I'll remove a few items from your credit, but you're actually teaching people how to negotiate for salary raises, which you're exactly correct. Most women, you know, they just think if I do a good job, I'll, you know, for some reason, the boss will come around and be like, here, let me give you more money. <laughs> right. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't. The thing is, is that, you know, we're already being paid less than men in our marketplace. So if we are historically have that wage gap, then why do you think that they're going to pay us based on our right. performance? They won't. Willing. And so we have to speak up. And so it's from you know, from the person that makes $10 an hour to the person that makes $80,000 a year. We all um, deserve to be paid what, what, you know, what we're worth. And just that, you know, I think having the group um, and having like a group of women that are just cheering you on, like, girl, what happened? You know what I mean? Like, what happened? You know, what happened? Did you, you know, like that type of thing has been really empowering. And, you know, like I said, the, Getting back to the original subject of real estate investing, um, real estate investing has allowed me to be able to do this type of project with women because now my investments really sustain our life, right? And so I can take on these passion projects, which still generates income, but it I can while I'm building it out, I can really. Uh, you know, work with people that I know. I don't have to accept everyone. Work with people that I know have the passion to do it. And I'm sure, you know, in your business with people, it's always a thing. Like you're, you know, when you're starting out, you're just like hungry. You take everybody. And now I just get with the, get to work with the people that I truly think that can really, um, really um, benefit from my experience and, and my guidance and really just help them get to the next level. That, yeah, um, I do agree that that is very important. Early on, someone said to me, you know, there's trainables and there's drainables and you want to eliminate drainables from your life because they're just going to take and take and take. And you'll look around and be like, I'm so tired. I have no energy. You know, 
what's wrong. And it's because you basically have these energy uh, suckers who are just here to try to take your resources, take your knowledge, but ultimately they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. So exactly. Yep. And as soon as it's, I, I've, I've been really blessed to attract women that are on the same page. And I think that I do that through being able to just really relay it, you know, even on my social media and things like that. Like I really, I will help you, but you have to be able to help yourself and really motiv- be motivated to do that. And I've been blessed to really, I've, I have been encountered um, anyone who was just trying to suck it away. They're more like, nope, I want to go ahead and get this done. And, you know, having, having you um, kind of guide me is, has been essential. So, yeah. Well, that is amazing. That That's actually a really interesting real estate agent story that I think some people will appreciate because basically you took a market that is pretty saturated um, and carved this niche out for yourself where I'm sure you're attracting a ton of first-time home buying women or wannabe investor women who can follow your process. And I'm sure even watching this now, and we'll get to this, um, I'm sure there's going to be audience members who are like, I want to be part of this program. I want to buy my own house. And we will get to how P, I know that they're going to want to know, how do we reach out? (laughs) Sabrina, the thing, you're right. With the saturation, especially as being a realtor, it's like, how do you stand out? How do you stick out? And, you know, we do anywhere between 80 to 100 deals a year and we do it well. Um, And it's just because we are willing to work with people that are willing to work, you know, to work with themselves. And, you know, we, we just, it just, is a lot different. The knowledge is there. I took the time, a lot of, I get a lot of inboxes. Hey, how do I become a realtor? How can I do that? And the first thing that I say is become knowledgeable about what you're selling. And then everything goes silent, right? Nobody wants, everybody wants to show the home. Everybody wants to be at the settlement table, but what are you selling? Are you selling, you know, with the real estate that you're selling? How, you know, how does, how do people even get to the table? How does, how do market mortgages work? When I, over my career, I would sit down and either sit at a mortgage officer's office for a day and just really hear about their products, hear about what's going on there. Um, how can this product help this one? I know way more about loans than I should, right? But when someone asks me a question like a buyer, then I'm able to advise them and put them with the lender that I know that can get them pre-approved versus me just saying, okay, go to this guy in my office and call me when things work out. I I can I can literally evaluate someone's situation by just having a, a conversation with them. And then out of my network of, of lenders that I work with, okay, this one can help you. This one can help you this, you know, that type of thing. And then you have, a, we have a better success rate. If you try to group people together, that's when it's not going to, you know, you're like, oh, I can't get them approved. But that guy, he doesn't deal with fo- folks that are, he doesn't specialize in folks that are self-employed or this person doesn't really um, go with the lower credit score. So, or you know, you've only been on your job just two years. This lender is more friendly when you have five years in. Those types of things and knowing what your different lenders can offer is going to be able to match them together. So that's kind of how I'm able to separate myself. That is 
really a gem that anyone can take and apply to their industry because you became a student, not just of exactly what you were selling, but you kind of looked at, well, what are the other things that I should be knowledgeable about? Even though you're not a mortgage broker in your mind, you know, like, you know, because I've spoken to mortgage brokers and they'll, they're usually the ones who are like, okay, well, I'm going to put you with this person or this is who you'll qualify with. But as a realtor, you took that extra initiative and time to go sit with um, lenders and kind of learn that market that is, you know, it's important as a realtor, but I've never heard another realtor say or speak with such knowledge um, about these, you know, about the lending industry. The different parts. And it's a lot. It's, it's not, you know, um, it took time. Um, but what I, what I did was Sabrina, when I didn't have any clients, that's when I was uh, paying attention. (laughs) So when I didn't have any clients, because I, I, like I said, I needed the money. Like it wasn't like, Oh, if I don't make it, like, it was like, literally like, this is like, you know, life or death. Right. Um, Right. So I was, I didn't have a choice. I had to say, okay, I don't have any clients. I'm still going into the office and I'm still going to sit through these, these trainings and things like that. And I, I'm still a student. Um, yeah. I have coaches now that, that, you know, that coach me in my business, but I'm still a student. You'll catch me at either a first time home buyers class. And I've been a homeowner for a long time. Um, or, you know, you'll catch me at, you know, a beginner real estate class or something like that, because there's always something new to learn. And I actually, in my calendar, I build in time to learn, whether it's a YouTube, whether it's a podcast, whether it's, you know, someone said, oh, you know what, you should watch this webinar, that type of thing. I build into my, my calendar every day so that I am actually knowledgeable um, to be able to show you, show you what's going on. You know, I didn't finish college when I, um, when I uh, was in college, I had my daughter, so I didn't finish. And so in order for me to be able to be the top and still be able to make a living, I knew that I had to still go the extra mile. And that's what I, that's what I, I always do. I, I really love that. Um, I do consider myself to be a lifelong student as well as I'm sure all the listeners. I I, we've been friends on Facebook for so long and I didn't even, <laughs> you know how you like friends with people. And I just like, and when I saw your post, I went onto your Facebook and you have such an amazing story of like what you're doing and how you're evolving. And that, that's just, it's remarkable to see, but I see a lot of like similarity of us. Like, look, we won't make this work or we won't make this work. That's <laughs> it. Right. So, you know, and that's really what it takes. It just takes for you to just really invest in yourself. And not only that, invest to the point that it's like, Listen, I'm not going to just not, you know, just take mediocre or mediocrity just because this is the cards that I was dealt. I'm right. going to make this work. And I love that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that is a phenomenal story. But I know what everyone, you know, they enjoyed hearing that. But, you know, in the back of their mind, they're like, she said she has a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. portfolio. Yeah. So let, let's talk about it, right? Okay, so, yeah. Let's get yeah. into <laughs> let's how you talk went about from it. your first $15,000 house in West Philly to now, you know, multi-million dollar portfolio. That's what we want to hear about. That's what they want to hear. So 
let's talk. Let's, I guess, let's start with that property. So purchase that property, $14,000. The property was um, for um, a a woman that was going into a, a nursing home. And our um, a good, really good friend of mine, he called me and said, "Hey, do you want to buy this house? It's a little, it's a little tiny house, it's a two bedroom house." Um, and I was like, "Okay." He's like, "Are you scared?" I said, "Yes." Um, <laughs> and so I went through and I became a general contractor, right? So um, I went ahead and um, purchased the property, and like I said, got a hard money loan. Went through, go ahead and got that property together. Um, couple. Just a couple months later, um, I was presented with a, another property in North Philadelphia, um, and I bought that one for $18,000. And it was, you know, a property that was occupied. It already had tenants in it. And the tenants were like, yeah, we're going to, um, you know, we're going to pay. And then they, of course, wound up not paying and I had to evict them. And that was another thing. So, but then I went, went through and got a loan and did the renovations on that property. Then I bought a duplex, bought a duplex. And the duplex was a um, in Germantown. And um, that duplex was really a the property that I thought, okay, this is going to be good because this will be an Airbnb. So Airbnb on top and a, a long-term lease on the bottom. Thought it was going to be good. And then COVID hit. So um, we had the Airbnb open, we're booked, like we opened like in January, we were like maybe two months in and we were booked until like Mother's Day. Then one day um, I started just getting like these massive cancellations, like what the heck happened? And it was COVID because, because Airbnb was like, yeah, we don't know what's happening. We're shutting everything down. So the good thing about that property, I bought purchased that property for, I think it was like $56,000. Um, the good thing about that property was that I still, um, even with the repair costs that I had to do with it, um, I still was able to really um, have a long-term tenant in the property and still make money. So that was good. Um, as you get to know me, Sabrina, I am very transparent. Um, so right after... Uh, the pandemic hit, the tenant that was the long-term tenant that was downstairs, she decided not to pay. I was going to ask you about that. (laughs) Yep. So I will not paint this. This has not been like, uh, yeah, I just own these properties and there's going to be like, you know, these like roses, you know, no, (laughs) it was, she decided not to pay. Um, That was a, um, I guess it was probably like a 16 to 18 month battle. Um, and then I was finally able to, to get her out, but she wouldn't even sign up for the rental assistance. So, um, I, you know, I took a loss there. Um, and so then, um, in the meantime, I had purchased another, um, property over in Southwest Philadelphia, um, that was, you know, it's a two bedroom rental. And one of the things that I am implementing now um, let me rewind. So then I purchased another property and I'm using the bank's money. So I figured out how to use other people's money to purchase real estate. Um, I was saving my down payment, saving the rent from my, the rents that I was receiving. I was saving that and putting that into the down payment. Um, and so my daughter, so she's 20 now, but she was 18 at the time. 
And she's like, she's texting me like, mom, um, can you buy me a luxury car when I turn 18? Maybe she was 17. So I'm like, um, I drive a Toyota. So what? <laughs> like, she's like, yeah, I want a BMW. I'm like, uh, no. So she, um, with that, she went ahead. I, I went ahead and said, I will not buy you this car, but I will buy you a property to flip. So she and I were going to flip a property together. We bought a property in Mount Airy to flip. And we it turns out to be like this whole like big thing because her um because we were still in COVID time, um, her school, she had a require a senior requirement of um doing an internship. So she was able to do her internship as with my company at, and as long as I took another student. So we took I had two girls following me around all winter long, renovating this property. So when Breer, um, who's my daughter, um, she graduated, I'm like, okay, well, you know, we're probably going to go ahead and sell the property. And so she kind of just wanted to decide what she wanted to do. And I was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Breer um, has dyslexia. And so because of that, she, you know, she learns differently. And so one of the things that was really important to me in my legacy was that she forever would be able to be in her creative mind, right? Because if she had to just get like a desk job that, you know, it probably would be a challenge for her. So she just, she's actually in, in college now. Um, and she said, well, you know what? I want to go ahead and I want to go to college for nursing. And what she's doing now is she's going to um, school for nursing and we turned the one that we were going to flip, we turned that into a home care home. So that's um, a, a facility that is for um, people with disabilities or intellectual disabilities. And so we're almost approved, we'll be approved in a couple more weeks. Um, and so that property is going to gross us about 15000 a month. And it's because the state pays for the residents to live there. And it, you know, it's Briere's business. Um, so I'm just the silent investor, um, but she's been working with an attorney and accountant, all those things to go ahead and get things set up. And so, um, but that property, um, remember it was supposed to be flipped. So that property really tilted us over the worth of the portfolio because at first I was going to sell it um, and that's what I could tell to any investor, like, don't sell, <laughs> right? I know that sounds kind of crazy, but don't sell your property. As you get these properties, hold on to them because that property, um, I think that property appraisal came back at like 350. And so with that property, um, I didn't even take the equity out of the property. It, we just needed the appraisal for the state and um it was like, you know what? At first I was like, well, it makes sense to sell it because I wouldn't necessarily be able to get enough rent if I were to, if I were to max out the property, but with getting $15,000 a month from the state, it for sure covers it and it makes that, us enough money. That's crazy. I'm going to have to interview your daughter next because I want <laughs> yeah, 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 to, I know we all want to know how to make, yeah, I know. She, um, she's actually, 15, what time is it? Yep. She's, she will be home soon, but she was like, okay, game changer, right? Because yeah. now, you know, I'm speaking next week in North Carolina about legacy and about next generational wealth. Five years ago, Sabrina, 
I wouldn't be able to have this conversation. But I literally just got out of my own way. I'm like, you have all of these things in your head that you want to do. You know, some would say that I'm a serial entrepreneur, credit repair business, realtor, investment business, this (laughs) and that, right? But once I got focused on the people that I want to serve, it just, it was a game changer. And so now um, being able to do that, we bought another property in Southwest Philadelphia. Again, we're using bank money, right? So I'm putting down, you know, in a lot of cases, I'm using, I'm cross-collateralizing my properties from this one that I went out right to uh, to be the down payment for the one that I want to purchase. Right. A lot of, there's not a ton of out-of-pocket um, costs, but, you know, there's some there um, for closing costs and things like that. But, you know, we purchased another property in Southwest Philadelphia. Um, I have another one in West Oak Lane. Um, there, I bought two mobile homes in Alabama, which was, that's a whole other episode. Yeah, um, but then kind of random so from, you know, different, you're saying different neighborhoods yeah, 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 in Philadelphia. No, um, a, a girlfriend of mine, her, she and her husband um, purchased a trailer home park, which I thought was amazing. And then they purchased it and, and she um, emailed me and was like, hey, I know you're like into investing. Would you like want to buy a trailer home? And I'm like, I know nothing about trailer homes, but what do you, she said, well, you know, there's a deficit of housing here in this particular town and um, they have section eight. So if you can get, if we can get the property fixed up, they will section eight the property. I make $850 off of a trailer home that I bought for like 3000 bucks. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> yeah we will have I to mean, and I had circle to put, back around and do a follow yeah, up and I had to, But I had to put, I had to put, you know, but see, trailer homes are different than like our homes here in Philadelphia because it's, you know, we have to do all the things. Trailer homes are like very compact. It's like renting a room. So right. it, even uh, maybe seven to $10,000 I had to put into the project, but I'll take it for eight fifty a month. Yeah, that's amazing cash flow. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you have a lot going on. How did I do it? Um, I, I literally, it was that first property. The, the first property and then just keep leveraging, leveraging. I'm not over leveraged though. So once I get to like a certain amount of properties that have like mortgages on them or hard money loans, I pay, I pay it off. Um, and I'm doing that from either my real estate sales business or my coaching business. Um, so I'm still very much, um, the word, I'm still very much like, tied into my business, meaning that I still have to make, you know, I want to make sure that all the properties are paid off and things like that. So I'm still working in my business. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I could retire if I wanted to, but it's not really enough. Um, And so, um, you know, right now, I think we're up to about 10 properties and um, that's not including the mobile homes. Well, that... um... And so it's so funny because it, I'm sorry. It's so funny because um, we were talking about disruptions and the long guy who usually comes on Thursdays is now outside of my house. (laughs) Sorry about that. We may have to do this over. (laughs) No worries. No worries. We're just 
getting into the Rainmaker round. And of course, I'll have to have you back because I know you have a ton more stories and strategies that we need to know that are making six figures. I would love to talk to your daughter because I know we all want to know how to make a single property make $15,000 a month. (laughs) That's a whole... That's a whole story right there. She's very much so, um, you all love her personality. So she is very much so like, she, the one thing that I say for, especially uh, real estate investors, um, we have to educate our children on the business. Now, will they want to run all of these businesses and do all these things? Probably not, right? Because a lot of times they are, like, yeah, mom, you're like tired and you don't have time to pay the play the game and, you know, all the things like I get that. Right. And so what I try to do is teach them about what I have going on so that they if something happens to me today or tomorrow, then they are educated enough to know who to hire, what has to work in order for them like this legacy, these properties that we own today could really, for generations to come, even if they just lived off the rental income, would really set folks up, right? And so, um, you know, setting up the proper things like a trust and things like that has been like kind of my next level, right? So, you know, we're almost done setting up a trust with my attorney, things like that. So, but that was something that I had to get to. So you don't start there, but- you definitely, you know, you want to start with a will and that type of thing. Well, yeah, you've given me a lot to think about. Um, and I really am just in admiration of your story of how you kind of took this saturated industry and grew it into several six figure businesses and a million dollar plus portfolio. Um, as a single mother. So um, I think that everyone is going to get a lot of inspiration from um, just hearing your story and what's possible. And, um, you know, the main thing is just don't give up and making yourself um, a valuable player, even if you're in an industry in a city that has hundreds of realtors, hundreds and hundreds of realtors. I think it was like, the last time I checked, it was like 14,000 realtors in just Philadelphia, Philadelphia yeah. like suburbs, Delaware County, Montgomery County, just in Philadelphia. And you have got to be different. All right. So we're going to get into the rapid fire round. We call the Rainmaker round where I'm going to ask you a few questions. Okay. Um, so first of all, I want to know what book you're reading right now. What book is funny because I was reading it while I was waiting for you. It's called The Prayer of Jabez. Um, and so I'm a Christian and um, this is by Bruce Wilkinson. But the really good thing about this book and the thing that kind of resonates with me and the reason why I decided to start reading it is because it talks about how God wants us to have big things in our life. We just have to ask. And so if you get a chance, I'm not sure what your religious beliefs are, but if you are, you could, and, and anyone can read this right. one. This one is really, really good. It talks about the prayers um, that you should be praying for increasing your life. I love it. What is it? The prayer of Jabez. The pray, yep, the prayer of Jabez. Okay. Um, yeah, and I I mean, I, I'm i always reading. So that's, that was a game changer too, Serena. Reading, and it's like, what? Reading is like, 
that's like, that's game changing. That's like life changing. Yeah, that's why I always want to know what people are reading, Uh, which leads to the next question. Uh, What book would you recommend to someone who wants to follow in your six figure footsteps? What would be the first book Hmm. you would tell them? Start with this book. Uh, Profit First and Profit First by Mike. Um, McCallowitz. I'm listening to that actually on audiobook right now. Profit First is, especially for financial literacy, especially if you may um, not have a ton of personal financial literacy and then you're like, oh, I'm starting this business and you just don't know anything like me. Um, Profit First, Game Changer. Um, Profit First and also... What I recommend with Profit First is all of the supplementary um, stuff that he has on his website. So he has workbooks and all those things. Download that stuff. Take it. Take your time. Take a weekend and you probably can get through most the bulk of Profit First. Yeah, and that is that will, really great advice. I do. As soon as we get done this call, I'm going to go on his website because I'm always in my car and he'll be referencing things. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go on the website. So let me text, (laughs) make sure you text me and let me know how you make out once you do that. Print out those worksheets that he has, sit and do those. You're going to be like, oh, that's because a lot of times we have to put paper to pen um, in order for us to really grasp the information. And so, you know, I'm reading constantly. I'm usually reading like a self-improvement book and a business book at the same time. I love that. I really love that. Leaders are readers. Yeah, Um, (laughs) absolutely. So what is your favorite quote? I don't know that I have a favorite quote. I know that um, I did quote, hold on, I'll see if I can pull it up, but I did quote um, uh, Robert Robert Kiyosaki. He said, "Um, the primary difference between rich and poor people is that is that they manage their fear, right? And so a lot of times when I'm talking to women that want to invest in real estate or even buy their first home, they're scared because they don't know. And so rich people, instead of saying they don't know, they get the knowledge and then they take the step. And so that that would definitely be the quote of the moment. Um, if I had to put one, <laughs> you know, put put something there for sure. I love that. I do love that sentiment. <laughs> Um, so what would you say is the hardest lesson you learned that you're grateful for? Oh, <laughs> so many hard lessons. <laughs> um, uh, huh. hardest lesson that I'm grateful for. Probably, probably hardest lesson was probably not, um, not knowing how to manage money and becoming fi- financially literate was something I had. I felt like because I'm a hard headed, I had to go through like being broke literally. Um, and, and then, you know, learning how to manage money from like bare bones and then encouraging and getting to the next level. So I think that would be what I'm most grateful for, for sure. And now I know everyone's been waiting for this moment, but how can People follow you, get in touch, become part of your uh, women's first time home buyer group. How can we get more information from Jasmine Williams? Um, the brilliant. <laughs> yeah, <of>. so, <laughs> the best way for you to interact with me, I spend a ton of time on Instagram. So Facebook is really for like high school 
classmates and like that type of thing for me. I spend a ton of time on Instagram and I'm always, you know, teaching in my stories. And so my Instagram is at Green Real Estate Mom. And the, you know, there's links there for you to, we open up the, the, the club every quarter. So there's announcements there and I'll send you a link um, for people to join our mailing list. Um, And there's a lead magnet that I just created uh, not too long ago that I'm going to share with your audience. Um, And it's just a free resource of a checklist of like just getting yourself ready to be, to become wealthy. So those are the the best ways to engage with me. And I'm, I, you know, every DM means a lot to me because I'm able to really, if I don't know the answers to those questions, I'm able to really like expand on that and really be able to say, okay, who do I think would know the answer to this question? Cause I get some doozies in my, um, in my inbox and I'm able, it, it, it really um, expands my knowledge base as well, for sure. Okay, well, I know everyone got a lot from this episode. So many jewels. Um, So make sure that you follow Jasmine. Um, Watch her story. It's really a fascinating one. If you're in the Rainmakers Alliance, you know you're going to get those extra questions. Um, If you're not, make sure you join the Rainmakers Alliance um, so you can hear what we ask behind closed doors. Um, So with that, we're going to sign off from the main session. Uh, Jasmine, I have just a few more questions for you. Okay. Um, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you loved it and would like to leave a review, I would be extremely grateful. That's the best way to help other entrepreneurs like you find the show. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Business Bree, and make sure you're subscribed to the show. I had a blast recording today's show for you and I hope you got some amazing value from my guests. Talk to you next time.